Alrighty, we're here with the fourth edition of the Joe Rogue Sports Podcast. I'm excited to get back into it. I haven't been able to do one for a while, so uh, it should be a fun podcast this time. We're going to talk about a few things, some of the big trades in the NBA, some of the NBA free agency, Manny Pacquiao versus Jeff Horn, get a little boxing in there, some MLB stuff. We'll uh, kind of mix it up, just some random things in there, and then uh, a little bit of Wimbledon talk. Should be fun, a little tennis talk. So we'll start it off. And uh, I think the big thing we're going to talk about to start is the two big trades in the NBA involving All-Stars Chris Paul and Paul George. The Pauls, baby. So we'll start off with the L.A. Clippers trade, which involves Chris Paul. Should be a Chris Paul trade, I guess. And I don't know if you consider it a blockbuster or what, but it involved a lot of people. I think it was the Clippers got like six or seven guys maybe for him. Uh, first round pick. I think they released a few of them right right away. It's it was a big deal. I mean, they got looking at it now. They got Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Sam Decker, Montrez Harrell, Deron Hilliard, DeAndre Liggins, Kyle Wilcher, and a protected first round pick and cash considerations. So, why did the Clippers trade Chris Paul? I mean, it was pretty obvious. He came out and said that he was signing with the Rockets in free agency if it got to there. So, it's not a guarantee they were going to sign him. First of all. So they went and traded him away for a nice sign and trade, getting at least something back for him, which I think is smart. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, I think they wouldn't have traded him if they thought they had a chance and if they wanted to re-sign him. So it's either they didn't think they had a chance or they also didn't want him. Because there are some rumors with Jerry West coming in as an advisor. He was ready to shake things up. Like he knew the team had talent, but he wasn't ready to pay three maxes for some guys who haven't gotten over the hump in Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan. Jordan's name has been floated on the block, too, a few times, so they could be looking to move him still, or they might just be retooling and uh, trying to contend with the roster they got now. So we'll see. I like what they did in the trade. Uh, I like what both teams did. Houston gets to pair James Harden with another star player. Some people have their doubts. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But I'll talk about what the Clippers got back and how it should work. So... Number one, they got Patrick Beverly, who I think is actually an underrated guard. A lot of teams liked him. I don't know how high Houston valued him, but I know a lot of teams were kind of high on him. And he does fit a lot of teams. He's a good defensive presence. He's shot better over his career. I mean, he's a chippy guy. He can get under people's skins, but you'd rather have that on your team than playing against it. They got Lou Williams, uh, runner-up for six man of the year, I believe. And he's a scorer, no doubt. Like, he can score buckets and he might not play defense, but he can score buckets. And he's a good addition to – I mean, like, Houston traded a first-round pick for him last year. So he's a good addition to to have on a team, and he can score if need be. They got Sam Decker, who I'm a big fan of. Big Wisconsin guy here, so I'm a big fan of him. And, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he'll ever be a star player in this league or a starter in this league, but I think he's going to be a good role player. He can be similar to, like, a Mike Dunleavy – provide scoring next I think he's kind of different than Mike Dunleavy I think he's similar to like a Trevor Reza who we played with where he's going to provide might not be as good defense as Reza but he'll shoot well he'll rebound well he can drive he can pass he's a good all-around player and I mean I think he's he's something like he's one of the more valuable assets they got back in the Chris Paul deal if they're looking to rebuild somewhat uh, they got Montrez Harrell I like him too he's provided flashes that he can be a nice role player up-and-coming guy who's ready to run the floor. And, I mean, like, he might have to change his game some. He might have to become kind of like a mini center. 
that's where the NBA is kind of going. But I think he can. He's athletic. He's got a little shot. So he could do some things, and I like it. Deron Hilliard, don't know much about him. I, I'm assuming there are some guys who might get waived in this deal, so he might get waived right away. DeAndre Liggins is, I know, he uh, he got cut by the Cavs this year to make room for, I think it was Darren Williams. I could be wrong. But, I mean, he's a stout upcoming guy, more of a defense. He doesn't really provide much on offense. Uh, Kyle Wilcher, at best he's going to be a role-playing shooter. I don't see. I like what he does, but all he does is shoot, really. So I don't see him doing much else besides that. Then we have the uh, first-round pick, which they got something back again, like I said, which is nice. And I think it's good to have on that roster, without a doubt. So, I mean, it, it's a good move on their part, and it worked out for them, and it worked out for everyone. So, the Clippers, they get assets for them, and they can kind of retool the team and work on changing it from there. As for the Rockets, they're saying, you know what, we don't care about the Warriors, we're going to try and win, we're going to try to take them head on, and we're going to do our best to beat them. And... I think they they did the best they could in terms of what they could get. Like, it was either they're going to have to go after a Lowry, after, like, an Ibaka. I mean, they weren't going to be able to get much in free agency, I don't think. So, the fact that they added Chris Paul, I mean, they would have to trade for him anyways. If they were gonna, and they were planning to go after him, and he was planning to sign with them, but they are going to have to give away more. They would have to give away, like, Eric Gordon and like all our assets on the team to make room for them. So it's, this deal helps them because they don't have to give away as much and they can still have their good role players on the team to kind of build around. And, I mean, people have been kind of doubting. They're like, oh, these are two ball-dominant guys. But these two guys also are two very good passers. And Harden's a good spot-up shooter. Chris Paul's a pretty good shooter. So those two guys are going to get their looks. And, I mean, if I think they'll be able to coexist. Late in the games, we're, we're going to kind of see. It's going to be kind of a, like, OKC, Westbrook, and Kevin Durant thing. We'll see who wants the ball and if they're okay with sharing it and how that's going to work out. Because I think Harden's the better guy. If you need a bucket, you go to him. But Paul's also good at – he's good at running an offense. He's not necessarily going to score the bucket, but he can get guys open. So we'll see. We'll see how they coexist. I think it'll be fun to watch. They're uh, – I mean, it's it's two all-stars, two, two great players. I mean – Harden's a runner, like MVP runner-up, and Paul's an all-time great top ten point guard all time. And we'll see. I mean, if they can get over the hump, it'll be tough. I I think the Spurs are ripe for the taking right now. I I think their team's gonna be weaker than what it was, and that sucks because last year they they looked like they would have a chance against the Warriors until Kawhi got hurt. But maybe the Rockets can keep pace with the Warriors now with Paul and maybe a few other pieces they added. PJ Tucker, I'll talk about later. They just brought back Nene, so they're putting a team together that might be able might be able to beat the Warriors on a good day. And who knows, maybe someone gets hurt on the Warriors and they can steal a series and go to the finals. So we'll see. I like the deal for both teams, and it works out. And, and now the Clippers don't have to pay like $50 million for a 37-year-old Chris Paul that they would have maybe had to. So it works out for both. Uh, the next trade is the Paul George trade. He was talked about going everywhere. It's... A weird scenario. So, the Indiana Pacers traded Paul George for Victor Oladipo and Domitas Sabanis. Hopefully, I might have botched that name a little bit. So, pretty much what the Pacers got was a former number two overall pick who's done solid. 
he kind of struggled last year with Thunder. And that's something that might change, give him a bigger role. I like Oladipo's potential. I'm not a fan of his contract. I like Sabanis more. I think he's a bigger piece than Oladipo, to be honest. Sabanis kind of, he kind of showed a few things that made him look like he would work in the league and have a nice role. He uh, had a little distance to his game. He, you could tell he was raw and young, but I think he showed that he can make an NBA, and maybe they might develop him even more in the Pacers. And the thing with the Thunder is, like I said, I'm not a fan of Old Devil's contract. And they could just shed off his contract for an all-NBA type player. Uh, granted, it's a one-year deal expiring, but maybe you can convince him to stay. And maybe they work well together and it becomes a good thing. But I think the bigger thing here is you trade Old Depot and his contract and you get a top, potentially top 15 player in the league, which is huge. That's like... You, you didn't have to give up Sabanis and Old Depot and get some kind of like a like an even trade. Like you're not trading for like an Avery Bradley type player. You get in Paul George. And I'm not saying Bradley's bad, but Paul George is way better than Avery Bradley. So I like the deal for the Thunder. It turns them up. They're top forward in the West now probably. I don't think they're going to beat the Warriors by any means. But they got some good defense on the wing. With uh, They brought back Roberson. You got Paul George. They brought in Patterson. You got Steven Adams. They're a good defensive team. And they're still young. They got some guys. They got Terrence Ferguson, I believe. I think we'll see how he does. I mean, losing Sabanis kind of hurts, but it was a good deal on their part. As for the Pacers' part, not a fan. If you're re- – I mean, it's like they're almost retooling. Like, they still want to contend, which is weird. Uh, that team really doesn't have a lot of talent outside of Paul George. And a lot of those guys like Jeff Teague is leaving. You got Monte Ellis was waived. It's it's just not a good team outside of George and aside from that Miles Turner. So I don't know. I like I, I feel like they got better offers out there. Apparently the Blazers offered like three first round picks. I don't know why they want to take that deal. I can see the first round picks are still mid first rounders, but they're first rounders and you can kinda of decide you're not stuck with a two guard who's struggling to score 15 points a game and averaging 20 million on a salary for the next four years. So, I I'm not a fan. It there's rumors that uh, Pritchard, the general manager of the Indiana, wanted to send Paul George to a small market, and he was wasn't going to trade him to the Cavs. All this other stuff. It's like, okay, I can see holding the grudge, but worry about yourself and winning first. Like you. There's a different way to get back at Paul George for what he did, which I talked about in a different pod about how he kind of screwed them over. But, dude, get your team the best you can and or you're going to lose your job. And he might lose his job over this for all I know. But it's just, I don't know. I, it was kind of a, kind of just a, a bad trade. I mean, they, they get young talent, but it neither Oladipo – or Sabanis are really going to be Paul George talent level. I'm not saying that the picks would be, but then Indiana's pick and fall. They can kind of tank a little bit, get a bunch of assets, and rebuild and maybe have a future team like they did a few years ago when they contended with the Heat. So just not a good move on their part. Uh, next up here I'll talk about the free agency and some of the moves that went on there. I mean, I'll go kind of go in order of what happened. Uh, I got a little list here, and I'll kind of – kind of hit on small points of each one 
So Blake Griffin re-signed with the Clippers. Some, seems like the Clippers decided to go with Griffin over Paul. Could be because he's younger. Uh, could be because he's an all-around player. He, he might help the team better. I don't know. I think he took the money. They offered him a lot more money than I think everyone else could. And L.A. is a big market, and seems like he likes it there. So why not win-win for everyone? Tony Snell went to the Bucks. Uh, I like the deal for the Bucks and Snell. I think Snell is overpaid on a four-year, $46 million deal right now. He kind of disappears at time, at times, I should say. Uh, but the, he could have been paid more. So the Bucks to lock him down for sub-$12 million a year, solid deal. Jeff Teague, on the other hand, he uh, got a three-year, $57 million deal from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Same deal Petty Mills got from the Spurs. And I don't like the move from the Timberwolves part. Like, the Spurs, Patty Mills is worth $19 million a year. Jeff Teague, I don't know. I'm, I've been a fan of him, but he's not a point guard that's going to get you over the hump. Not going to win you games, necessarily. And he's not a shooter. The Timberwolves need shooting, so I don't know. Golden State brought back, brought back Steph, Sean Livingston, and KD. Uh, I think Iguodala, he agreed with them too, so they brought back their whole core. They're going to be pretty pretty far up in the cap in terms of luxury tax, I believe. So we'll see how they feel out. They also signed Nick Young. So they got their guard rotation down. They're going to have to work on re-signing some posts. They re-signed David West too, I guess. But they got to work on getting Zazan Javel back. And they're, they're going to be the favorite even without him. But they're definitely a team to beat. Uh, Drew Holiday re-signed with the Pelicans for a big deal. Averaging like $25 million a year. A good deal. I mean, the Pelicans kind of were in a tough situation. They had to bring him back. Their cap situation was weird, and Drew was probably the best target they could get within that range. And with their team, they kind of got to win now. So it's not like you can let them go and retool for a year with your two superstars, especially with DMC to Marcus Cousins expiring. You got to you gotta make a move and keep that team at least somewhat contending. Uh, J.J. Redick signed with the 76ers. Uh, I like to move for the Sixers. I kind of thought Redick was going to Brooklyn, and I kind of wanted to see him there, kind of uh, do his thing, get some uh, shooting minutes there. He's probably against some in the 76ers too, but he fits that team. They gave him a $23 million deal for a year, and he's going to get them shooting. He's going to help out those young guys, and he's kind of a leader. And It's it's a good move for both parts, without a doubt. Uh, P.J. Tucker went to Houston. I, I'm a big Tucker fan, so I like this move by Houston. He's tough. He's gritty. And he'll help you against the Warriors when that time comes. Joe Joe Inglis signed with Utah. Uh, good move on that. I'm a big Joe Inglis fan too. He does. He's just like Tucker, where he's tough and gritty. But Inglis, he plays good defense. He can handle the ball. He shoots well. He doesn't make mistakes. He's a good player. And I mean, the deal is a four-year, fifty-two million. But I think I think he's worth it. It might just be me. Uh, Todd Gibson went to Minnesota, so. So Tom Thibodeau seems like he's kind of rallying up his uh, Chicago Bulls old roster, or kind of similar to it. Not a ton of shooting, a lot of somewhat gritty, tough players. You got Teague, Wiggins, Butler, Taj, and Cat now. That's a good team. That's a playoff team. I'm going to talk about when free agency ends, when we have some par rankings and where I think teams will finish up. I don't see them finishing very high in the West, but I think they're a playoff team without a doubt. The Raptors brought back Ibaka and Lowry. Uh, I think they should be third in the East. Now, maybe Washington could jump them, but the Celtics. Oh, well, I'll talk about the Celtics later. But there's teams that 
In the East, I got worse, so the top four is probably going to stay around the same with Washington. If Washington brings back Otto Porter, that is Washington, Boston, Cleveland, and Toronto. And then Milwaukee can sneak up there. Toronto might fall to five. Who knows? Uh, Cleveland, they brought back. Corver haven't really done much else since. They brought they signed Jose Calderon, but that's not really a big deal in my eyes. You got uh, the Kings. I like their moves. They signed George Hill, Zach Randolph, two vets. George Hill can kind of carry the load for some of those young guys. They won't, won't have to rely on all their uh, rookies and second-year players to score. Randolph can kind of the same. Randolph is a heck of a player. I really like what he's transformed into. He used to kind of be a locker room cancer. And now he's a guy you want in your locker room. And he really turned – he's a big reason Memphis was turned around to what they were. And he was a big reason how that team got into that great grind category. So hats off to him. I have a ton of respect for him. Uh, Danilo Gallinari went to uh, uh, the Clippers. So they're kind of – they got their little roster going on a little. You're not sure where it's going to end up yet. They also signed – is it – I think Milos – or Milo Teodisic. I'm not sure that's pronounced, but he's a Serbian guard, so a, bi- a bigger name, 30-year-old. He does a little, like, he, he's a typical uh, European guard. And there's a, a lot of, it's like hot and cold on him. Some people are really high, some people are unsure. And they signed him to a solid deal, so you kind of got like a, a Rivers, Lou Williams, Teodisic, Gallinari, Blake Griffin, DeAndre lineup, and it's going to be weird to see how that does. I think they'll can they'll probably contend for playoffs in the West, but they're not going to be the same Clippers they used to be. Waiters went back to Miami, which is good for him. He did well there. He turned into a different type of player. He's still somewhat of a ball hog, and that was his biggest, the biggest thing holding him back, but he kind of fit within that team there, and he was kind of a good ball hog, as much as it's tough to say. But his mojo there is swag. I don't know if, you want to, how you, if that's how you want to describe it, but it was at an all-time high, and it helped his shooting, it helped his performance. He was a legit good two guard at the end of the season last year for Miami, and he's a big reason why they had the best record in the East in the second half. And then uh, the big one I'm going to talk about now is Gordon Hayward going to the Celtics. So I, I've, I've been kind of paying attention and looking, like listening to some of the fans and what they thought, and a lot of people thought, I mean, Miami is confident, Boston was confident, Utah was confident, all those fans were confident. And Miami is kind of the oddball in the situation. They just have this little, like, the culture there is just when you go there, it must be, it, it, I like, and it, I've never been there. I've never been recruited by Miami, but players, it must just have something. Pat Riley must have an effect where you're like, oh, this guy's going to make this team a winner. I'm going to do well here. And Miami City must have an effect because it's kind of crazy how people want to go there so bad. Like, I get that they were this had the best record in the East in the second half, but they finished ninth in the uh, East still. And it's like, okay, I don't know how they're competing with Boston and Utah, but they did. And, I, I mean, I guess I can see why. I shouldn't say I don't see why, but it, it's pretty crazy. And I would love to be recruited by Pat Riley because it sounds like it's freaking awesome. It sounds like you, you're the bell of the ball, you know, and – it's crazy. It's something that's not, I guess on my bucket list. I'm gonna work my my ass off in NBA trials and get a workout with Pat Riley and have him recruit me because people just want to go there and it's something that I would love to see why. So then it came down to like Utah. Utah made some moves. They traded for Ricky Rubio. Pretty good trade on their part. Kind of letting George Hill go. 
they re-signed Jingles. Uh, that's showing this. And they kind of set themselves up to go after Gordon Hayward. Or I shouldn't say go after, but keep him. They improved the team. I don't know if you say, want to say improve the team, but they filled the team with replacements if they needed to be potentially better. They still got young guys. They moved up and got Donovan Mitchell in the draft. And Hayward says, you know what? Fuck that. I don't care. I want to contend with my old college coach, Brad Stevens, and he goes to Boston. Now, personally, I think that's the smartest move. If I was him, I probably went to Boston. ton of assets. They have the cap room for you. They finished first in the East. And really, your only competition to go to the finals is LeBron. So, I think it's a smart move. And I would have done the same thing. A lot of fans in Utah apparently weren't very happy, which is kind of crazy. Utah doesn't seem like the most violent town, but they're burning jerseys. So, we'll see. It, it it was fun. It was a fun free agency. I mean, it was leaked early. Then it was re- reported that that wasn't true. And end up being reported that it was true. And it was just crazy. I wish you didn't do it on July 4th. Come on, everyone's celebrating that day. We don't need to be checking our phone. But he did. So, to Boston. Makes him a contender. Second best team in the East. He'll be the second best team until LeBron retires or he goes to the West. So... That was kind of the free agency update till now. And there's still some, some bigger names out there, but we'll find out where they go eventually. And we'll see. We'll see what they do. Seth Curry, he got a $200 million deal or something. Average salary of $40 million. LeBron says he's worth $400 million. I wish, I really wish I was an NBA player. I really wish I was. So next up on the list of topics here is Manny Pacquiao versus Jeff Horn. I'll start by saying I didn't get to see the fight. I only got to see some highlights. But I was talking to a lot of people who were watching it as it went on. And a lot of people who who were upset with the decision. I'll say it like this. So I was talking to people about other things on group chats and like other sites. Just kind of having a nice chill sports night. And all of a sudden, when they came up with the decision, didn't matter what we were talking about. All of a sudden... My buddies who were watching this, they were like, "Wow, how could they, how could they give Jeff Horn this win here?" And I mean, I only saw, I saw some highlights on Snapchat and some highlights, and it, it seemed biased because from what it looked like there, it looked like Horn was winning. But so like I said, I can see the fight, so I was like, "Wow, I thought Horn was winning." Kind of brought that up. And they're like, "No, Manny was controlled the fight." And I mean, apparently it was a biased home crowd, biased judges from the looks of it. You look at a. Uh, some of the stats, Manny Pacquiao landed 32% of his total punches. Jeff Horn landed 15%. Manny Pacquiao landed 31% of his jabs. Jeff Horn, 10%. Manny Pacquiao landed 32% of his power, punch, power punches. Jeff Horn landed 17%. So, based on the stats, and, like, you look at he Pacquiao outlanded him in 11 of 12 rounds. And somehow Jeff Horn comes out with the win. I mean, it, it's crazy. The one thing holding boxing back is stuff like that, with where your your officials are are biased. They don't. I won't say biased, but they need a better way to judge matches. They need a better way to pick this stuff. And the sport is going downhill because of stuff like this. And when you got people up, I mean, may, maybe helps getting a little getting a little publicity. You know, all news is good news. But yeah, it, it's it's tough because it really seemed like Pacquiao. He deserved the win. And a lot of people were like, oh, he should hang it up now. 
Well, why should he hang it up if he technically or put an asterisk there won the won the boxing match? So we'll have to see. It just didn't seem right. So that was my quick quick little boxing match. Like I said, I would talk about more if I saw more of the match, but I don't I don't want to comment on it too much, knowing that I didn't see the full match. So we'll do a little little MLB talk. Just a few things I want to hit on in MLB. Uh, number one, what's with the Cubs' struggles? Uh, they're three and a half games back right now. Looking at this from the Brewers, who are an up and coming young team, pretty cool to see them in first. But the Cubs, they're one of the more talented teams out there, in my opinion, and they're struggling to be stay above 500 or stay at 500, I should say. And a lot of it, I guess, comes down to their pitching is kind of struggling. That's what holds a lot of teams back. The Cubs today just lost to the Brewers, 11 to two. And it, I mean, it's tough. They they should be the ones winning eleven to two, but the Cubs just don't. They don't got the starting pitching right now, and they really need that. And their offense is kind of struggling. You look at like a few of their bigger names are are hitting around two sixty, and I mean Schwarber got sent down because he was struggling. It, it's just it, the team is really they're having that little that little slump after winning. So we'll have to see. I don't know what to expect expect from them, and if it, eventually I think they'll turn it around and make the playoffs. But if they don't, you're going to have to kind of look at what the rumors fly out of there and why it happened. The Dodgers are killing it. Uh, I think it's kind of t- weird to see the Giants so low. Uh, I don't know if if Bochy is going to be still managing there for how long. Like, I think he should. He deserves to be there longer. I hope they don't pull the plug too early. But we'll see. They're really struggling this year. They're already like 22 games back. 23 games back, which is crazy. The Yankees, who were leading the AL East, they started to fall now. And the Celtics, or Red, not the Celtics, the Red Sox, uh, passed them up, which is pretty crazy because the Yankees had about a, like a month ago, they had about like a four-game lead, and now they're down four games. So I think the Yankees might have had even a bigger lead, like almost seven games. So it's, it's pretty crazy. The AL East is pretty, uh, pretty competitive right now. There's about all teams are within 10 games. So is the AL Central. Every, although the Central's struggling, both Centrals, AL and NL, are uh, got the worst division leaders. They're all pretty close, despite having or every team is like within ten games of each other, despite having most of them having losing records. So baseball's year, it'll be fun to see. It seems like the Astros and the Dodgers should be the favorites, but we'll see. Come playoff baseball, you never know. And end of the year, which teams get hot, we'll see. Trey Black will be fun. All-Star Weekend coming up. Might watch a few of those games. A little controversy with some of the All-Star picks, but we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? So, And then uh, my final topic here today is Wimbledon. I'll do a quick thing. Uh, Bernard Tomic, Tomic, I believe, has been dropped by his racket sponsor because of things that he said at a press conference at Wimbledon. So he was fined and dropped because he said that he was bored out there he just doesn't have the like concentration doesn't really feel like doing it and he's only doing it for the paycheck etc i like they find him you know i'm out here for the paycheck okay well we'll take some of that away if you're just out there for the paycheck and tennis is a sport where i mean a lot of people do care about it and there's a lot of hardcore fans and you look at the money that people are making and they get upset when I think it would be more of an outcry, too. If you look at, like, a team, like, say, like, an NBA team, a soccer team, if one of their players said he's bored out there and he's not giving it his all, 
fans get more upset that because they really care about a team. When it's tennis, it's more individual. You got fan favorites though. But I will say, I'm against what he said. A lot of people do care about the sport. They work their ass off to get there, and they would kill to be in the position he's in. And he just he's taking it for granted, not trying. He just there for the paycheck. And it sucks. I mean, I for one would love to be in a sport like playing the NFL, playing MLB, playing the uh, NHL, playing MLS, playing the NFL, NBA, any of those leagues. And to, to have someone out there who gets to play sports for a living and get make good money and say he's bored uh, just kind of rubs you the wrong way. So I can see why people are upset, and I can see why that – he got fined and people dropped him. It's ironic. He was dropped by the same racket sponsor who stuck by Maria Sharapova when she uh, got her doping ban. So you can see where their priorities are. Am I right? Well, thanks for listening to the fourth podcast of Joe Rogue Sports. Uh, I had fun out here. A lot of topics. Remember, like it if you enjoyed the topics. Comment if you want to talk about anything else or if you had a different opinion. I'm more than willing to address it all. You can email me at JoeRogueSports at gmail.com, Twitter at JoeRogueSports, tweet at me, follow me, and I'm willing to comment, reply to anything. So just let me know. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much.